Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys from around the world. Everybody who loves the pod, welcome back to the big broadcast with Big Baby J. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, my last uh, podcast was a little controversial, a little explosive. I got some feedback, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, what I try to do is I try to go off the cuff. I try to just go and speak honestly and truly Of course I write some show notes I write something to you know what I'm saying Get a little inspiration A sparking piece A spark you know what I'm saying To light up the fire if you will But ultimately This is just me coming at y'all raw And honest and truthful And I'll be honest This worked pretty well for me You know what I mean I'm gonna try out some new strategies Some new things to improve the content, right? Because there's no better way um, to, to, to lose or to, there's no better way to catch L's than staying the same, right? Staying the same does not lead to progression. It doesn't lead to growth. It doesn't lead to anything, right? So we're going to change some things on the pod. We're going to develop. Growth and development is always the key. But I'm so thankful for everybody who listened to my last podcast, the Johnny Depp situation. I still stick by it. I stand by it. You know what I'm saying? For the simple fact that, you know, men are having a almost revolution, right? And this Johnny Depp situation brought in a lot of light, of course. It's been almost a week, literally a week after I recorded. And there is some perspective. There are documents that came out that said Johnny Depp was an alcoholic or is still an alcoholic, a drug abuser. And then he was, to some level, abusive towards Amber as well. Now, look, I'm not here to, you know what I'm saying, lie and and be super biased and one-sided. Of course, if you are a man, it's your responsibility to go away from physical violence, especially against women. Okay? And even being abusive emotionally or, uh, you know, other ways mentally abusive. Hell no. We don't rock with that. Okay. And if Johnny was doing those things and he gets proven in court, of course, he deserves his day. You know what I mean? But I got to say this from a male perspective because this is the things I see. If I see that she was in the wrong, which I believe Amber Heard was, I'm still going to stick by it. And I stick by every single word I said on my last podcast. And if you ain't peep my last podcast, just scroll down. Give this podcast five stars. I appreciate every single person who listens to this. Y'all make it make it worth it for me to get here even when I'm tired. After hella shifts, hella work. I appreciate each and every one of you people. But let's dive into it. Let's get into it, man. Let's start talking about this big news of last week or even this week. Pretty much Elon Musk buying Twitter, man. Elon Musk, richest man in the world, estimated at a hundred some billion dollars, decided, hey, instead of just being a super uber rich millionaire, <laughs> let me just buy Twitter, right? So, why did he buy Twitter? Well, basically, he Bought up a lot of shares of Twitter about last week, uh, signaling a move that he wanted to be part of the board, the decision making. He wanted to have influence, right? 
Now, why would he want that? Very simple. Uh, it's about free speech. Free speech because Twitter, if you've ever been on Twitter, right? You'll quickly realize it is very, very left-leaning. Now, why is that? Very simple. The people who made Twitter, the people who work at the top levels of Twitter, are very left-leaning people, right? Liberal, you would say even, you could be even push and say socialist, right? You're talking about individuals or people who uh, are you know, for, for me, I, I'm going to say this, I'm pro-black, but they're BLM, which is ironically not super pro-black. And if you want to know why, go on my Patreon and check out my Push and P episode, I believe five or six, where I talk and expose Black Lives Matter for, for the fraud that it is. But these are people who are LGBTQI type of uh, individuals, and they're people who also believe in censorship these are the same people who made an administrative decision to suspend donald trump while they allow the taliban the literal taliban on their social media platform yes uh so the those are the people who run twitter right and they've proven a time and time again that if any voice that's dissenting against a liberal more specifically democratic government point of view it will be silenced now was this always the case absolutely not absolutely not if you go back right back in the day let's say almost 10 years ago right in the 2010s early 2010s twitter was all about jokes twitter was all about pushing the volume and saying extremely out of bounds crazy ish it was a social media platform that was free in a sense what do i mean free it was not a lot of censorship now how do i notice there was one tweet that i made this was about a year ago right where i said oh ah, uh, 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 you're a wild ass nigga for that something like that right so i'm not trying to cuss as much but it is what i said something along those lines right and twitter suspended me until I deleted that tweet because it was signaled as offensive. Now, look, I know a human did not review <laughs> that tweet. <laughs> it wasn't a human. Why? Because if you look at the context clues, you'll quickly realize that I'm a black man. Right. And I was cracking a joke in that tweet. Right. And for me, what I did is I just appealed it. I was like, hey, let me see what's going on. My appeal was rejected quickly and i was still locked out of my twitter account right so at that point i realized oh this is not the same twitter i signed up for and there's many times where i've left twitter and been like hey this is a stupid app and the algorithms that it sets are always going to lean towards polarizing content or content that just leans towards your point of view only creating something called echo chambers if you google that very simple echo chamber is being surrounded by people or individuals or systems or media that leans towards your thinking or your point of view or one specific point of view right that's why if you go down my twitter timeline right it's going to be incredibly different from your twitter timeline let's say you are a uh, lesbian white woman 
you're going to have a different timeline than me, a straight black male. You know what I mean? Because ultimately, that's what Twitter has become. Twitter has become not only the biggest and the strongest social media platform in terms of news and getting information, but I would argue that as a communications platform, Twitter is the biggest. As a driver of actual real-life change, Twitter is the biggest. Why do I say that? Because Twitter, right, has something that it cre- basically created the Black Lives Matter movement. It basically boosted the Me Too movement. It basically made the mute R. Kelly and eventually get R. Kelly in jail. Hashtag popping, right? It boosts stories. It boosts, boosts communications platforms. It is the strongest, the biggest. I don't think it's the best, but it's the strongest and the biggest, right? So Elon Musk buying Twitter for $44 billion. Strategically for him as a businessman, it is an incredibly smart move because when you have something like Twitter, you have power, power and influence. Now, look, this is not the only billionaire to buy a huge media platform. Look at Jeff Bezos. He bought the Washington Post. <laughs> look at Bill Gates. He literally pays uh, a, a lot of different news agencies so that he can go on and talk about health topics, even though the man is not a doctor at all. Why is Bill Gates constantly going on TV shows, news networks talking about the pandemic? Why was he doing that? Why was he on there always talking about the vaccine? Oh, oh, it's because he donates a ton of money to the World Health Organization. (laughs) Oh, it's because he pays money to news organizations like CNN, MSNBC, right? Right. So what I'm trying to say is this, right? Billionaires influencing media. Okay, any form of media, whether that be social media, news media, uh, is not new. It's not new. It's incredibly common. Okay, Google the Koch brothers. Right, these are billionaire, uh, billionaire. I think uh, lobbyists. Right, billionaire lobbyists who essentially fund Fox News. Sorry, not fund Fox News. That's Rupert Murdoch. My bad. Rupert Murdoch is another billionaire, right? Damn near 90 years old, okay? And he created Fox News, okay? So, and both sides of the political platform, right? Whether that be liberal or conservative, all of those things, even in Canada, right? There are a ton of multi-billionaires who have influence over the news that you and me see, over media commodities. And you know what? That's strategic. It's strategic because that's how they influence you and me. Now, I'm not saying that Elon Musk is going to make Twitter some next level free open platform for free dialogue and actual public square where people can actually talk about anything or most things right i don't think that's gonna happen what i think is most likely gonna happen is that elon musk will have less censorship on twitter it will have the algorithms uh 
chill out. There are people who get suspended or temporarily locked, temporarily locked out of Twitter because of very, very trivial dumb things, right? To the point where if you are conservative, it's not a far, it's not a crazy conspiracy to believe that conservative voices are being silenced on that platform, right? The most obvious one is when Trump was suspended or sorry, yeah, suspended from Twitter. This was a bit more than a year ago, right? Right? Where they decided, hey, we're going to suspend and get rid of Trump. Now, did Trump have some very dumb tweets? Absolutely. Was he very ignorant in a lot of them? Absolutely. But I didn't think it was right for him to get taken off. Not at all. Right? They suspended an account called the Babylon Bee, which is a satirical, uh, basic satirical page account that makes fun of news, basically. And they suspended that account because they accused it of being uh, giving false news or quote unquote fake news and spreading misinformation. Uh, have you seen Twitter, bro? Do you see the amount of trolling and misinformation that be going on on Twitter? And you want to single out a popular account like that? Right? See, ultimately, what's happening here is a lot of people are freaking out that Elon Musk is gaining power. And Elon Musk leans, at least from what I see, a little bit to the right. People have decided, hey, I'm just going to delete my Twitter. Right now, let me give you a parallel and an example of this. Right, I remember that there was this uh, pro-black social media app that I was really interested in joining. Right, so before I joined it, it had a questionnaire. Right, and one point of the questionnaire said, "A, what do you think of Donald Trump?" For me, I said neutral about it. Right, I said I'm neutral about him. I'm neither for or against him. Right. And because of that answer, I was denied access to this social media app. Now, I wish I, I remembered what it was called, but basically they said, nah, you can't pull up here. You can't come here. And at first I thought, this is stupid. This is dumb. But then I realized, okay, this is the owner of this account of the, sorry, not this account, but this social media platform and whether that's his or her rules, it don't matter. They can enforce them how they wish. Right. And ultimately, even though Twitter has always been very left leaning, right, they have that right because it's theirs. And at that point you can decide you want to stay or leave. That's like me, right? Telling somebody if they come to my house, hey, take your shoes off before you come in, right? Before you touch the carpet. If they decide to disrespect that rule and start walking on my carpet with dirty shoes, I have every right to kick them out. Every single right. But it can get insane and it can get abusive in a sense where I say, hey, if you're a girl and you walk in this house, you have to. You have to, we have to have sex or you have to suck me off. Right. And that's a crude example, but it's the facts. That's literally how it looks sometimes. Okay. That's basically saying you're only coming on this house under this insane condition. 
And that's how Twitter has looked for most of the time, especially in recent times where it's so one sided and biased that you're like, wow, why am I here? Right. There's no sense of neutrality. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully Elon Musk is able to bring some kind of balance. Ultimately, when you're in the center, both sides are going to hate you because you're not radical enough for each side. So the thing is, the fact that Elon Musk is not radical left, he's gotten a lot of people deciding, hey, we're going to leave Twitter because you don't follow what we like. And that's pathetic. And that's dumb. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm going to talk about this freedom convoy that came to Ottawa, man. <laughs> Apparently, it's called uh, the R R Rumble or R Runway or something, Rumble of Freedom or something, Rolling Thunder, so something like that, something kind of corny like that, right? And my thinking is pretty much this, man. I think that it's great. Yep, I think that it's great. Now, look, am I going to go in my full political bag on this pod? Absolutely not. If you want to get that, you have to go on my Push and P podcast, which I'm going to release this week. It's been a bit delayed, but I'm going to release this week. Okay. And what what was this Rolling Thunder protest or basically Freedom Convoy 2.0, right? It was basically a bunch of bikers from all around Canada decided, hey, we're going to bike to Parliament Hill and we're going to protest the federal vaccine mandates, the federal COVID mandates. What does that mean? Let's say you're trying to travel to Cuba or whatever like that. You have to be fully vaccinated and you have to wear a mask. Mm? But if you're in Ontario, the vax man vaccine mandate completely gone. Mask mandate's gone. Let's say you want to go take a train. You have to be fully vaccinated. Right? And you have to put on masks. Let's say you are a government worker. You have to be vaccinated. Right? So these are restrictions that are still in place when 99% of the world said, hey, let's just scrap all of this. Let's move on with it. Let's learn to live with COVID. Point blank, period. And that's the truth of the matter. And a lot of people didn't realize that until recently. But here's the truth. A lot of people did know that. Right. So for me, I approve of these bikers coming into OT and say, hey, we're going to shake some up. We're going to shake some, right? The whole world pretty much is over this COVID and is over restrictions. But funny enough, Canada is still on it, right? We're still on it. And funny enough, Justin Trudeau took a day off when they were coming in on Friday. He wasn't working. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the same thing happened when the Freedom Convoy started in Ottawa? Ain't it funny? Matter of fact, that's not funny at all because ultimately Justin Trudeau has been sending millions and the liberal government, by the way, it's not just Justin, him and his caucus have been sending millions upon millions to their Ukraine, right, to help them fight Russia, millions, guns, money, all of those things to fight Russia when there's Canadians out here who are struggling to pay their bills because of inflation, struggling to buy vegetables struggling to own a house damn near you know what i'm saying house ownership is at a low people are struggling to even get finance together and the market keeps going getting crazier and crazier to own a decent house mortgages interest rates 
all these things buying groceries a healthy meal let me tell you something man it's cheaper for somebody to go out there buy some mcdonald's destroy their body right i'm saying then go to some place like whole foods and buy some broccolis and salad they lose they cost our arm and our leg these days real talk and we have a guy and his government who literally do not care all they care about is helping ukrainians and Zelensky. And you guys wonder why there's conspiracy theorists out there. And y'all wonder why people do not trust the government, do not trust mainstream media, because we've been trolled into thinking a flu, let me repeat, into thinking a flu is a deadly disease that's killing everybody. We've been trolled into thinking that the Ukraine, a sovereign nation, is so downtrodden and weak that we... Canadian taxpayers have to send millions upon millions of our hard-earned money to a nation that's on the other side of the world, bro. This is not an insult to Ukrainians or anybody who supports Ukraine. But what has Ukraine done for Canada, man? Let's be real. Let's just be real, man. See, I have the same stance as canada going to invade afghanistan i have the same stance as canada going to invade other foreign countries that have not directly attacked us but we're quick to question and go against these freedom convoy bikers right but we ain't going to question how trudeau and the liberal government have been sending millions upon millions of canadian dollars to the ukraine we ain't going we don't question that because that's going against the script y'all we're going against the script and that's what makes it sad to see is that so many people in ottawa are so against this convoy now look what were the honking annoying especially when the freedom convoy started the first one yes was the occupation kind of a little bit annoying to businesses and society yes but let me tell you something that was really annoying to businesses and society is having a two-year lockdown having a two-year pandemic right where studies are coming out and research is coming out every day proving that a this was not as bad as it was anticipated where research is coming out every day saying a maybe this was man-made Maybe this was leaked in the lab. The first doctor who caught COVID got like died maybe two weeks later was killed. Oh, maybe he would have had more proper answers. Oh, too late. He got killed. Right. Now, that's what I'm going to say about that. If you want more com- political commentary, push and pee podcast, y'all check the link in my in my uh, description box, man. We're going to make it happen. Join my Patreon. I'm not going to go off, man. I have so many more thoughts about this. But this is a public podcast. I ain't going to expose that. I'm sorry, man. Y'all got to pay. I'm, I I go on too hard. I work too hard. Y'all got to pay for that. Okay? But something I hope you guys don't pay for is Bad Babies Only Fans. Let's talk about it, man. Let us talk about... <laughs> Like I don't I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I'm finna talk about it, man. Let's stop playing. Okay, let's stop playing and let's talk about this weird thing. So if y'all don't know who Bad Baby is, remember that Cash Me Outside girl? Remember that girl? Right? 
the the annoying 13 or 14 year old who was on dr phil who was a terror to her mother who had this whole black scent black accent you know what i'm saying whiter than sour cream you know what i'm saying this whiter than sour cream girl called daniela bolelli or bolelli or some kind of italian ass name she was on dr phil because she was completely disrespecting her mother she was being a bad kid at 13 14 years old right to the point where dr phil was scolding her right and then the audience was laughing and then she just looked to the audience yo catch me outside how about that i'm saying in her greatest black scent ever man like a goofy goofy broad anyways right you know this goes back to my last podcast this is a little tangent this goes back to my last podcast where i was talking about you know manhood and the power of men in society i'm telling you if she somehow grew up with a stern good father she would not be so belligerent with her mother i'm just being real and we need to have a society where we bolster up good strong fathers because let me tell you something her father failed her her father is a loser okay and thus leaving the family alone or let's say maybe the mother had somehow you know provoked him to leave that also happens too or maybe stopped him from getting involved in life i don't know the exact conditions or circumstances but the father in my eyes he failed by having his daughter a 13 year old daughter make a fool out of herself in 4k and also completely disrespect her own mother you're a man you're a father you have a responsibility bruh your responsibility ain't just to nut inside her and then just wait nine months later and then keep her pushing. No, man. If my daughter was acting like that on on TV in 4K in general, hey, man, I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not even going to say what I would do, bro. But let me tell you this. There has to be leadership in the household. There has to be fatherhood in the household. There has to be masculinity in the household. Point blank, period point blank period and that's a fact you know what i mean but let's talk about this uh, daniela bolelli whatever bad baby as she calls herself now she made 50 million on OnlyFans since she started her account when she turned 18 which was about a year ago a year and a half 50 million dollars on OnlyFans, right so let me just give y'all some background for me at first I was not a fan of OnlyFans. I th- I literally did not like it. I despised it. And uh, because I called it what it was, online prostitution, online hoeing. Now, my thoughts have evolved on it, and I'm not completely against it, right? And I understand why a lot of women would do it, right? It's a pandemic. It's hard to make money these days. And if you have an army of lame loser zero self-respecting guys who are willing to spend a lot of money and in this situation millions of dollars to see a titty to see some cheeks to see some camel toe then i get it i understand i understand if it's millions on the table right for me i get it do i approve it no would i ever be okay with my family doing it no or my girl doing it no or somebody i really cared about no i would not and i would vocally say that that's a fact 
right? But Bad Baby, I don't know her, neither do I care about her. I just think this is funny. And this is an interesting story. She made 50 M's off OnlyFans, right? And this tells me two things. The first thing is that this is a gold rush, right? Now, if y'all look at history, right, in San Francisco, right, there was a thing called the gold rush. That's why San Francisco is called the Golden State, right? In the, I believe the 1800s, a lot of men from all over the United States and some all from all over the world, they would go to San Francisco, right? Go to the mines, right? Start coal mining and they'd find gold in there, right? And then they'd take the gold, keep it, wait until the value comes up, sell it and make tons of money. So much so that San Francisco was basically 90% male, right male population because it was all men going there to dig for gold that's where you get terms like gold diggers right they're literally digging for gold you feel me and that's what only fans is these days man only fans is a gold rush it's not a sustainable career you know what i'm saying because those people went in them gold mines some of them didn't survive a lot of them died but it wasn't something that you could sustain forever it was a moment in time and that's what this is this is digital online prostitution and pimping and the pimp is only fans because they take about 20 percent of the earnings so uh, only fans is taking 20 percent of those 50 m's <laughs> like bruh crazy crazy but true right this also reminds me of the playboy centerfold right like if you go back to the 90s right even the late 80s if you was a playboy model right if you're a playgirl or whatever it was called and you were considered a centerfold meaning like a monthly like let's say we're in may right now right you'd be a may centerfold girl you would get a lot of clout, a lot of money, appearance fees, and you would get opportunities to be in mainstream media and be in different things. Give you an example. The one of the most popular ones is Pamela Anderson, man. She was a play Playboy centerfold girl. Became an actress, boosted her career. You feel me? And this also reminds me of the sex tape era. More specifically, Kim Kardashian. You know how much money Kim Kardashian made from that sex tape with Ray J. She still makes money from that sex tape to this day. Shout out Deontay Wilder to this day. Real talk, real talk. And this is what Bad Baby and a lot of these OnlyFans models are doing. They are seeing an opportunity to get a bag and following through, right? Now, if you check my YouTube channel, I made a video about how some of these mid, not the best looking, regular looking white women have monetized themselves because of black men and by the banks of black men. Why is Bad Baby even have a career? Because she was imitating black women because she was trying to appeal to black men. She is bro. I'm not going to go off on her, but my thinking is, yo, you're a brat. You're a brat. And on top of that, you're a brat who, I'll, I'll admit it, has good management, great management, right? That was able to finesse $50 million out of a meme, of a cash me outside meme from about four years ago, right? I'll say this, out of all the memes, this is impressive. 
This is impressive. I'll just say that. Right? But the same people who got rich or are rich off OnlyFans, I doubt that they can maintain that because it's like the same people who got rich off the gold rush. And if unless you have a straight up business mind and a hustle, you can't make much on OnlyFans. It came out a few actually a year ago that the average OnlyFans model makes about $185 a month. Bruh, go flip some burgers. Go to McDonald's. Go to Subway. You'll probably make more in two days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, depending on where you live, real talk. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's a gold rush for certain individuals. Not everyone. And the gold rush in San Francisco, real talk, some people made a lot of money but most people went out not making much not finding a lot of gold that's just how life goes you know what i'm saying but i'll say this how life should go is getting drafted in the nfl is how life should go and seeing grown young men right go from being impoverished or go from being in a struggle go from being you know what i'm saying not really recognized or maybe recognized to a certain degree, but not to the highest degree, but hardworking young men who said, hey, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to play football and I'm going to become a football player and I'm going to see how that goes. Literally four days ago, no, three days ago, this was Thursday, the 28th, there was the start of the NFL draft and it concluded, I believe, yesterday, April 30th beautiful beautiful thing uh and i love the nfl draft i love the nfl draft because you learn a story about these players these young men who come from college hoping to get picked up by a team hoping to become something right so y'all want to know this and i'll let you know who won and who lost the draft what are some of my grades for the draft now look i'm biased i'm biased as hell and I'm going to talk about my bias. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, and I personally believe that they won their draft. And I say a close second would be the Jets, the New York Jets, right? And that's kind of surprising because the Jets draft mid or okay. But this was a fantastic draft for them. But let me say this. The Ravens in the first round, they got Kyle Hamilton with the 14th overall pick. Fantastic pick. I think he is a safety from Notre Dame. He is killing it. I personally think that he is going to be major for the Ravens because Ravens have no real big safety or, or, or skilled safety. We have Chuck Clark, who is a do-it-everything safety. Tony Jefferson currently, he's I, and we think some kind Trayvon Stevens or something like that. He's okay, too. Right, but Kyle Hamilton was uh won some awards for best defensive player, and he's from a great program like Notre Dame. He's gonna kill it, he's gonna fit in immediately. Hopefully, there's no injuries, right? But a really cool thing that happened in that draft as well is that Hollywood Brown got traded to the Arizona Cardinals, which left the Ravens, which gave actually the Ravens the Cardinals, I believe, 24th pick which was Tyler Lindenbaum, who's a center from, I don't know exactly where I didn't read in my notes, but he is a center. And that's really, really important because Lamar Jackson, if y'all watch 
the Ravens offense last year, the O-line was absolutely garbage. And Lamar Jackson would get some horrible snaps to the point where he couldn't even set his feet and look down the field to the point where it would go over his head and the man would have to literally make a wide receiver catch for the ball. It was very, very bad. You know what I'm saying? So for our first round, it was absolutely phenomenal by the Ravens. They addressed really important issues on the offense and defense. Some people were thinking, oh, let's get a receiver. I even thought about it. But the best receivers in the draft were already gone. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I was like, I will take it. We'll take it. And that's a win. This is an addition by subtraction by getting rid of Hollywood because that means the Ravens can focus on improving and developing other wide receivers right i think hollywood brown sees himself so as a wide receiver one i think that he's more of a two maybe a three slot receiver but you know the fact that he wanted wide receiver one money is why i'm saying he, he got traded he also wanted to leave you feel me so you got james post Devin duvernay you have rashad bateman who i assume is going to be wide receiver one who's going to lead it with you know Lamar Jackson. Now I'll say this: the Jets. Somebody, some people could argue they had an even better draft, for the simple fact that they got Sauce Gardner at number four. You know what I'm saying? Who is considered the best corner in this draft? He is absolutely dominant. He's long. He's rangy. He has ball skills. He can tackle. He actually likes tackling. You like that in a cornerback. You like to see that. And he has that confidence, that swag on him, that sauce. I mean, I, I already like him. I think he's uh, he's going to kill it in New York. They also picked up Garrett Wilson in the mid-first round. Wide receiver. Really, really good as well. I heard good things. But I really thought the, their best pick, low-key, which was a steal, was Jermaine Johnson. Uh, edge from, I believe, uh, Minnesota. Uh, no. No, no, no. Florida State University. Yep, he... He won ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He is a monster on the edge. And all those three were picked in the first round. They addressed the defense right from their back DBs with Sauce Garner. They addressed the front line, the D line with Jermaine Johnson. You know what I'm saying? And they also addressed their wide receiver issues, right? Because they wanted... Debo Samuels, but they were able to get Garrett Wilson, who is not a Debo Samuels type player, but it adds more depth to their wide receiver core. You know what I'm saying? And as I say, my thinking is Elijah Moore is going to take a big step this year, but having Garrett Wilson, another young wideout, ready just in case, I think that's fantastic. And that's, you know, that's hit killing it. Now, for me, I think the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots were the worst in this draft. They didn't do nothing. Okay, I would even maybe add the Arizona Cardinals other than getting Hollywood Brown. Like I didn't get no noise from them. What I will say, though, is the fact that the Arizona Cardinals got uh, Jesse Lakita. He's uh, from Ottawa. Shouts out to OT. He got picked up in the seventh round. Big ups to him. I think it was pick 256 or something like that. Big ups to OT. Got to show love to that to that man. I hope he kills it. Uh, he was a linebacker at Penn State, which is known as linebacker U at this point. Really, really proud of the young man. Uh, hopefully, they kills it. Hopefully, he makes the roster first and foremost. Because when you're a seventh rounder, it's you know it's, you're on the edge, right? Let's see what happens, right? But I'm gonna give y'all also my predictions for the NBA playoffs, though. 
Let's see what happens with that. For me, today, uh, the Warriors, they beat the Grizzlies. It was a, basically a buzzer beater. It came down to uh, Draymond Green getting ejected and things like that. It was only by one point. So for me, I think the Warriors beat the Grizzlies in general in this series. But I think it's going to be uh, seven games. It's going, it's going to go to the wire. You know, I think that Ja and these uh, Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies, I think they got some fight in them, man. I'm saying Jaron Jackson went off for like 31 points. Ja did his thing with 34. I think they're going to fight. I think they're going to fight. And you, if, if Draymond Green keeps acting a fool and he somehow leaves or gets suspended for a game or whatever, I think that tips the, to their favors of the Grizzlies, bro. You know what I mean? Now, for me, uh, I didn't see the highlights of the Bucks versus the Celtics, but it seems like the Bucks won, at least from what I saw. And I think the Bucks are going to win this in six. I think the Celtics got two games in them, right? But the Bucks are just the chemistry. Giannis alone. You know what I'm saying? Giannis doesn't need two other All-Stars, bro. He just needs Middleton or Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez or one of them to compliment him. Because the man can't go out there and get 40 every game. He's not LeBron. <laughs> but he is damn good at basketball. So I would say that... Um, you know, the Bucks are going to beat the Celtics in six. You know what I mean? I got the Heat in five. I got the Heat in five or maybe just a Heat sweep. Real talk. Real MF and talk. The Heat is the best team in the playoffs so far. I don't want to hear nobody say anything. The Heat is the best team in the playoffs so far. And I would argue that Jimmy Butler is the best player in the playoffs so far. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Argue with your granny. The Heat are going to win this entire NBA playoffs. They're going to win the chip, but they're going to beat the 76ers in five. Okay? If Embiid really don't show up at all, at all, at all, they're going to sweep them. They're going to sweep them. These are just facts. And Doc Rivers is going to get fired, and he's going to be the Lakers' next head coach because the Lakers is a dumb organization. They're dumb. They're dumb, and they can't wait to flop. Those are just the facts. And I'll finish this off with this. Suns beat the Mavs in six. Now, look, I think that the Mavs had a great run. They beat the Jazz. Good job. But the Phoenix Suns are at another level, man. I think the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat are going to meet in the finals because those two teams are just heads and shoulders above all the teams. Maybe the Warriors can give them some smoke. You know what I mean? But I even I doubt that because the way if, if they're firing on all senators, I'm assuming Booker is good too. Right? If Devin Booker is good too, if he's ready to go, bruh. Bruh. Sons are a problem. If there's no injuries, sons are a problem. Okay? But let me know what y'all think, man. Let me know what y'all think. Right? Appreciate y'all for spending the time with your boy Jay. You know, big baby J at the big broadcast. Appreciate y'all and catch y'all next week. Check me out on Patreon. Link is in the description. Give this pod five stars. Let's go. Let's get it. And I'm out, bro.